Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. What does self-care look like to you? For me and many of my friends who are also mums, it's a massage or a dinner out with friends, maybe a yoga class. We're told to put ourselves more often in front to make sure that our cup is full. Otherwise, we get run down and possibly depressed. But what does self-care look like for dads? Is it any different to what mums need? Dr. Clive Williams is a psychologist who works with couples and treats both anxiety and depression. Hi, Clive. How are you? Good, thank you. Do dads need as much self-care as mums? I think any, any human being needs better self-care. What I, what I notice in my clinic, so I guess, you know, I'm only seeing dads that are kind of struggling. So that's kind of my experience. I'm not seeing the dads who are kind of succeeding. But what I tend to notice is what happens for husbands and dads is the arrival of that first child thing. And, of course, people get very busy after the arrival of the first child and self-care kind of may may never have been a strong point and after that it, it may go down the list of priorities for both men and women. And I guess for men too, we don't really um, we don't really think about a lot of self-care. Self-care for a woman might be more about putting more back also kind of psychologically, emotionally, whereas for men it might just be typically some downtime or some boys' time or some fun time. It's not so much the psychological, emotional self-care. That might be the difference. Um, when you've spoken to couples, when you're working with couples who might have problems and they have, or challenges, let's say, and they have kids, is that a recognition that is not there, that, you know, mums need the, that time to decompress psychologically and when the dad says, oh, I want to go out and have a beer with our mates, it's not seen as the same level of importance? Well, you've got to remember that, I mean, this is very broad brush strokes, but women do have a history of reaching out for help and kind of calling each other to talk about more personal stuff. Whereas men tend not to have that aspect of their culture. If if they contact each other, it's about things, it's about fixing issues, it's about work, or it's about sport, or it's about fun times around being a bit more blokey, a bit more boysy. It's very rarely to say, hey, I'm feeling a bit low or worried or um, scared or and can we chat about that? That would be a pretty rare conversation for your typical Aussie man. Do you think it's important that men talk about those sorts of things or is it enough that they get together and decompress over a game of golf or something like that? I think it's super important. I think it may be one of the reasons why we have, you know, high rates of suicide. But I think it's absolutely important to have fun, you know, to just kind of put everything that's serious on hold and just have some downtime where you can... You, it's the flip side of being responsible all the time. You have a time where you can just kind of have fun and kind of chill out. But my impression is, and men tell me that there is stuff that they would like to talk about, but they're quite reticent to ever go to that level of conversation. With but other that, men or with their partner? With other men. Well, sometimes it's with partners, but probably most men would report that their partners would be the only people that they would have those more intimate conversations with. So that if that relationship, if there's a growing distance in it, if there's a coldness in it, if there's problems in it, then if you've got all your eggs in one basket, then there's no one else to turn to. So then men are very isolated. 
you can see this after separations and divorces, you know, where men may have very little social contacts to fall on for support, except kind of extended family who may or may not be near. So, yeah, it's that lack of awareness, lack of willingness to kind of talk more about more intimate issues that is really lacking from our definition of what it means to be a man. How do you think we can start to shift that? Because it seems like something that's desperately needed, If, especially when you're going into parenthood with all the challenges that presents. I know as a mum that I, I wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't still be here if I couldn't talk to my female friends about what I was going through. The good news is that there are some men trying to get other men to kind of wake up, smell the roses and realise that there's nothing weak about asking for help, talking about issues. And so those men are kind of doing stuff. You can see that in some of the grassroots things like Blokopedia, which is just a a very small organisation that tries to create opportunities for men to come together. It's often in in maybe a pub setting or a, a bar setting and there's a speaker or two that talk about men's mental health and it attracts, uh, at least from my experience, mostly men. So those things are happening. I think it's fantastic that we see more men in sporting arenas, in high-profile situations and being more vulnerable. If you see your favourite footy guy talking about his mental issues or being vulnerable and talking about how he loves somebody or lost somebody or he's worried about something, it kind of gives permission for everybody else to kind of go there. It's starting to break some of that strict uh, restrictions we have about male behaviour. What tips would you give dads on how to find that time to decompress from family life and, and I guess fill their cup up again? Well, I guess the first thing is, in lots of ways, a lot of men still have a, a kind of a 1950s version of being this provider. Sometimes what happens is after the arrival of the first child, men may feel like a bit of a third wheel, that the focus is now between mother and child, mother and children. And that can continue for quite a while. And a lot of men see that as normal. They don't like it. They feel a bit on the outer. So you've got to actually start to change men's awareness. Well, parenting's a collaborative thing. Um, (laughs) Marriage is a collaborative thing. You don't need to feel so alone like... How would you begin to redress that? How would you begin to have a voice around that with your partner? So first of all, it's really changing some ideas, some really set ideas we still have about being this strong, silent provider. And of course, you know, what happens then is often strong, silent um, providers have moments where they're just fed up and then they turn into nasty, angry providers Mm -hmm. who scare family members. So, you know, you've got to stop that sort of flip-flop that can happen and just start to challenge from that word go, how is this family working out? How do you feel about it? What would you perceive? What would you? What are your needs? Are you having a voice around those needs? The same kinds of things that new mums need and, and mothers and wives need, all that sort of stuff. But often, you know, in Australian culture, you all think that's a bit sort of, it's a bit too Oprah Winfrey for us. We, <laughs> we tend to avoid that sort of vulnerability. We're, we're very good at fixing things. We're very good at getting on with things which is absolutely fine, you know, keep all that stuff. we just got to add to the repertoire. We've just got to be able to say, actually, I'm not doing so well or I'm actually feeling a bit lonely or I'm not too happy with just providing. I'm actually feeling starved of affection or focus or whatever it might be. And uh, do you think also men having a say in, in, in having some time away is important for their partners to understand? 
you know, again, I tend to see the problematic aspects of this. And the, for me, the problematic aspects are when men want time out and when they go away and behave sometimes irresponsibly like boys. Yeah. <laughs> so now while that can be good and fun and still be responsible and I think absolutely necessary, if that then creates further problems. Nobody wants to be married to a person who's not responsible, not reliable. And so you just have to make sure that your time away, you kind of still dotted your I's and crossed your T's. You're not just kind of um, behaving irresponsibly when you're having that downtime. Does that make sense? It, it makes total sense. It's a very, it's a big picture, isn't it? It's not as simple as one size fits all for everyone. Clive, thank you so much for speaking with us today. No worries. That was Dr. Clive Williams. He's a psychologist based in Brisbane. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.